make me wanna this is Cameron the Hoff with another episode of the KNS podcast. All right, so uh, on today's show, we're going to be t- we're going to taking a look at the Bills 2020 NFL schedule. We have Matt Perino with us. He's a beat reporter for the Buffalo Bills and a writer for New York or yeah New York Upstate and Syracuse.com. You can go give him a follow on Twitter at Matt Perino. Matt, how's it going? Good guys, good. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I'll try to do. Uh... Uh, do my man Ryan Talbot proud. I think you've had him on a couple of times, so uh, I'll try to I'll try to bring it. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so week one, Buffalo starts its season off in Orchard Park against the Jets. What do you What do you foresee in that matchup? Yeah, I mean, I I, I like what the Jets have done this off season. Um, after I think going into free agency a little bit uh, less than impressed with their roster they went out and they, they they took care of some problems on the offensive line and, and then they really knocked it out of the park in the draft I mean you know to add uh, a guy like Denzel Mims in the second round after after finding your left tackle of the future Mati Beckton in the first round I mean that's that's impressive and one of the biggest areas of concern that I've had for the Jets is their ability to protect Sam Darnold and uh, you know they're throwing a lot of uh, names at the board uh, kind of like the Bills did last offseason and that really helped Josh Allen. So I think that um, I think that th- that first and foremost is is where I think uh, the Jets could be tough. But they're going to have to come into Orchard Park uh, in probably the biggest year for the Bills in over two decades. Uh, to me, that's a really really tough draw. Um, and, and not only are they have to come in and play the Bills, they have to come in and play this defense. And you know, I, I'm sure Sean McDermott's going to have. The boys pretty amped up um, and show them some of the game film uh, from last season and week 17 when Sam Darnold was able to beat the Bills with all the start, most of the starters not playing. I think the Bills are going to take that personally and come out uh, on fire. I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a blowout win for the Bills. I think. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Jets and uh, Sam Darnold, really, really poor start to his career. Not what they hoped. Didn't have all the weapons with him. Offensive line wasn't where it needed to be. The the weapons for wide receiver wasn't wasn't good, and then you lose a guy like Robbie Anderson. So it's going to be tough for Sam Darnold in his in his third year. But I think that the Jets have re revamped that offense and uh, adding like Mackay Becton and uh, Denzel Mims, great guys, great to piece that offense together. I think Sam Darnold and that that offense, young, really young, uh, a lot of new guys coming in. I don't I don't see them giving the Bills a run for their money at all. Like you said, I think it's a a massive win for the Bills. That defense is just too strong. I don't see many teams being able to crack it, matter of fact. There won't be many shootouts, I don't think. I think they're going to be relatively close games. Bills win them fighting hard, and uh, I like that defense for the Bills. Yeah, and I still think the Jets are they're still, they're still one year away. Like, uh, they still need depth on that, well, like on that offense. But, I mean, yeah, they got Beckton. That's going to help Le'Veon Bell open up some running lanes. But, again, I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo wins big uh, week one. Yeah, and I think what, what what it comes down to, too, is continuity. Like, we're looking at, let, let's say, best-case scenario, this schedule goes off without a hitch, and they're able to start uh, in September on September uh, 13th for the Bills. You know, that's going to be a really short offseason. The Jets have a lot of new pieces on offense. Rashad Perryman, Denzel Mims, how many potential new starters on the offensive line. I mean, they're going to be a, a completely new regime. So I think coming into that first game, the continuity factor for Buffalo is just, you know, I just don't see that the Jets as an organization and a team being on the same page, but who knows? I mean, listen, I will say this, Darnold versus Allen, you've got to hope if you're a fan of either of these teams, that that becomes a real, you know, bona fide rivalry over the next couple of years. I know they're friends, but you want that to be every time the Jets and the Bills play Darnold and Allen on the marquee and that means something. So yeah, that's a fun one to start with. So uh, fast forward to week six, Bills play Kansas City Thursday night football in Orchard Park. What do you see in that game? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I like the way that this the, the schedule kind of starts for the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Rams at home, and then on the road at the Raiders. You know, I think it's a tough game, but I think those are four winnable games to come out of the shoot. You know, the Bills went and they, they proved that they could beat Tennessee in Tennessee last year. In week five, they, go, they get them again. Uh, now, it won't be Marcus Mariota, quarterback, but we'll see if Ryan Tannehill truly is the guy that he 
he was for the majority of last season. Because every time he's had an up in his career, there's been the ultimate uh, follow follow up down. So we'll see if uh, if he can keep things going. So you're looking at maybe being four and one or five and zero, oh, maybe even best case scenario going into that Kansas City game on Thursday night football. Listen, uh, we, we've seen over the decades here, uh, you know, during the drought and even after, you know, some big time spots where, you know, uh, the Bills were, you know, finally expected to break through and, 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 and have a big moment against a, a big foe. And we saw a couple of times last year where they got it done. We've also seen a couple of times, you know, namely against the, the New England Patriots the last couple of years where they still haven't been able to get it done. And you're going against the Super Bowl champs. Uh, on national TV, that's going to be a massive game. And like you mentioned, it's in Buffalo. So the game itself is going to be huge. I think the Bills really need to get off to a good start so they go into that game confident, playing at a high level. Um, And who knows what that could look like. It's going to be exciting, man. Yeah, like you alluded to, the first four games of the season are definitely winnable games, and hopefully every game is. But going to the the first four games, you got week one and two are both divisional games. So – you win those two games, that's just as huge for, uh, you know, a, a lead in the division already. You're 2-0. and So then you, let's just say you go 4-0. and Then you got the Chiefs. You're bringing in all that momentum, big stage. Bills find a way to put, tough it out and win that game against the Chiefs. The, the, the Bills are going to be one team to be reckoned with now. And I, I like the uh, – I like bringing them in on Thursday night. I think it's, it's definitely going to be challenging. But by no means will it be an easy win. I think uh, the Chiefs offense, you got Tyree Kill, you got all that. The Bills defense, I think, fits well guarding them. I want to see what Josh Allen and that Bills offense can do against the Chiefs. That's going to be the difference maker in that game, to be honest. I think anyway. Yeah, and that Bills defense, they're known for not giving up big plays. And what's the Chiefs offense known for? Making big plays. So I think that's going to be a really good matchup. But, you know, all these games, really, they boil down to can Josh Allen develop in year three? And that's going to be the big question. And can this Bills offense really kick it into gear next year? But I think Kansas City's definitely a winnable game. And if they start off, you know, 5-0, and 4-1, New era is going to be rocking. It's going to be a it's going to be a great environment. Yeah, I, w- I want you to look at the uh, the defenses too. The, the Josh Allen and that offensive line are going to have to face. I mean, you you look at Chris Jones and in, in the center for the Chiefs. In week three, you got Aaron Donald. So off the bat, you're going to get tested. And Quinton Williams coming back for the Jets. God knows who knows what happens with him. And you also got some um, later in the season. Let's pending. Jadavian Clowney's days with Seattle, you got him. So you, it's really it's going to be a test for every aspect, every facet of this Bills team. So it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. And you also have Tyron Matthew uh, playing safety back there for the Chiefs, and that's another guy that can just – he can, uh, you know, with, like, disguising coverage and things like that, that can really throw Josh Allen off his rocker. And uh, yeah, so – oh, go ahead. It's, it's interesting. You look at the – you know, those first eight games, and I don't want to move too much ahead of, of things here before you get to it, but, you know, things get a lot tougher in that second half. I mean, for – you know, significant road games, um, you know, at Phoenix or Arizona, at the Niners, at Denver, at New England. I mean, you really got to get off to a hot start, you know, in those first eight, take care of business because it's going to only get more difficult as you go. Yep. And I totally agree. And then so after the Chiefs, they have the Jets, another winnable game, the Patriots, another very winnable game. And then week nine, they play the Seahawks uh, in Buffalo. How do you think they're going to fare against that Seahawks team? You know, um, I think that if you I, – I would I would say that the Bills' defense is better um, sh- constructed to play against Patrick Mahomes and have success than against Russell Wilson. I think that some of the things that he does well and his ability to move around in the pocket – not that Patrick Mahomes can't move in the pocket – and even make plays on the run, he can. Um, but a lot of the plays that Russell Wilson makes, I think that he keeps you, um, you know, off balance so well. Um, but I like the fact that both of those games are in Buffalo, and I think that they have something to prove the Bills in 2020. Uh, I think it was they go four and four at home last year, or uh, something like that. And I think they went six and two on the road. Uh, you take out the last one, so say four and three at home. Um, yeah, what was it? I can't even remember now. Three and th- yeah, that's right, right? Four and four at home with the yeah, last one against right. the Jets. Yeah, yep, you were right. So, you know, listen, they got to be better at home. Sean McDermott talks about, you know, playoff caliber, you know, protecting their dirt, 
you know, those are all fun cliches, but you got to back that up. And, and I think that, you know, as good of a road team as they were last year, they want to be even better in Orchard Park in 2020. So that's, those are the type of games that you want in your house because going out to Seattle, going down to Arrowhead, those are tough, tough games. And, you know, they got a couple of nice, nice road games. I mean, Arizona's doesn't have some unbelievable 12th man. I mean, the Raiders, who knows what that fan base is going to look like in year one. So I think they're getting a couple of these games um, in Buffalo. I think that they're, it's kind of a you know blessing in disguise. Yeah, you go, like, looking at the defense and how they fare against these teams. Going back to the Chiefs for a second, the Chiefs can, obviously, it's the best offense in the NFL, so they can beat you in many ways. But the, the main thing that those wide receivers are good at, and Patrick Mahomes is, is finding the weak spots in the zone. Tyree Kill can run right through it, right? run right past and just beat you over the top. So you got to be careful. We do got a couple. We got the best, in my mind, the, the best safety tandem back there. But Travis Kelsey, another tight end that's really great at finding the soft spots in the zone. So that's why I think it's going to be a little bit more challenging for the Chiefs. The thing that Russell Wilson is, is so good at is accurate. His accuracy is unbelievable. And you got now you got Tyler Lockett, you got DK Metcalf. So it's definitely going to be a task for this Bills defense. But the, the, key to, the, the key to beating Russell Wilson and that Seahawks team is getting pressure, and that is for every team. But mainly getting pressure on Russell Wilson and getting him flustered, I think that'll help the uh, the Bills versus the Seahawks. Now, I do not see um, – I don't see a blow on either of those games. And I, I think that the Chiefs game is won by a touchdown or lost by a touchdown. Seahawks has a potential. Uh, I don't know. I think the Bills can pull it out. It's just going to be definitely tough. But having that home that home field advantage I think will help. Yeah, and you alluded to getting pressure on, on Russell Wilson. You look at his tenure in Seattle. They've never had a very good offensive line. So if you can get pressure on him and really fluster him, and make him make poor decisions, which he really never does, that could be the key to winning that game in Buffalo. And also another big question mark for the Seahawks is their running game. Chris Carson, he uh, he fractured his hip. Who knows how healthy he's going to be. And uh, they're in contract talks with Marshawn Lynch right now. But besides that, their, their running back room is very, very uh, – just, it just isn't uh, – there's not great depth, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, though, that's a question for the Bills defense. I mean, how are we going to fare against the run next year? We we got some – we got a bunch of new running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You got Cam Akers on the Rams. You got, like you said, a beat-up Seahawks score. So not not awful. I mean, then you look at Derrick Henry. So you're going to have to – it's not – it's not as strong as the running backs we faced last year and Saquon and all of them. But, I mean, it's, it's going to be a test for this Bills defense again. So we, let's hope that they don't come out like last year and they, they're better at the run. Yeah, I think the Bills are going to be better against the run this year. I think I, I like some of the additions that they've made. Uh, I think a guy like Epinesa, you know, setting the edge. I think he's more physical. I think he's quicker um, than a Trent Murphy. And I think Mario Addison as a pass rusher, you know, on certain packages makes a lot of sense uh, in terms of being better uh, as a defensive line unit. And, and the, the combinations that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier can throw at teams, I think is going to really frustrate them. Uh, I like A.J. Klein also. I think he's been an underrated addition. He's faster than Lorenzo Alexander. I think there's a lot of downs where he could be on the field um, in in what has historically under Sean McDermott been like big nickel uh, formations. And you have a guy in A.J. Klein that's fast enough to stay on the field when, you know, you're going up against some, some of the speedier options on offenses. So uh, I, I like what they can do against the run. I think Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, can you – I mean, the, the dude is, what, he just turned 22, Tremaine Edmonds, and, and mm-hmm. Matt Milano's and, Young. Uh, a guy that's been in the Pro Bowl conversation for the last couple of years, and he's playing for a contract this year. So I, I, I think that at each level of the defense, the Bills got better, and I think that it, by doing so, I think they'll be better against the run and against the pass in 2020. Yeah, looking, looking down the schedule here, I mean, we got Patriots. You got them in uh, early November, and you got the Monday night game right after Christmas. So – what I want to bring up here real quick is t- just because Tom Brady left doesn't mean that you can't pencil those in, in in his wins at all. I think that's a system there. Belichick is one heck of a coach. It'll definitely be a struggle for those Patriots, but you got to watch out because those are easily games. That the Bills could lose both of them. Yeah, definitely. You can never rule out Bill Belichick. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, see, I think that's the kind of thing, though, that, you know, Three years ago, I, I probably would have agreed with you, and I would have said, "Yeah, the you know Bill Belichick and the Patriots, this and that." But I think it's more about the Bills than it is the Patriots now. I think what's been built in Buffalo 
has kind of changed the dynamic of that relationship between the Patriots and the Bills. Like, and listen, they've come close a couple of times now in the last years, and they haven't gotten the job, haven't beaten the Patriots. Brady not being there, you know, it was nice to have a guy like Matt Castle, I think it was the last time that Brady went down to come in, like a nice veteran backup uh, that was able to come in and get the job done. The situation in at quarterback in New England now is absolutely catastrophic, in my opinion. Unless Jared Stidham is some, you know, uh, Tom Brady in the making, we're about to see some breakout superstar. I, I, I wouldn't bet that's going to happen. And, and I, I think we've seen what Brian Hoyer can do. I just don't think that you should go into this season and, and you know, take 20, the 20 years that you've had to, to look what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have done in New England and think that that's going to somehow – still you know play especially if you you talk about getting off to a hot start if you're buffalo uh, I, i'm pretty sure i looked at the patriots schedule and their schedule to, to start is tough let me look that up actually yeah it's actually oh, the toughest in the nfl right yeah they start off with miami um then they got seattle the raiders kansas city denver and the niners so i mean i six Patriots could be like two, four I just don't think that. Listen, I have tons of respect for Bill Belichick, but and I know that Brandon Bean has to, you know, toe the line and talk about, you know, it, you you don't become the man until you beat the man, and I I get that and respect that. But to me, expectations should be the Bills are the elite of this division. The roster says it. The coaching staff and front office that they have assembled says it. And unless they go out and sign Cam Newton or, um, you know, even then, I still think the Bills are the favorite to win this division. You know, you look at the Bills, and by no means am I saying that I think definitely the Bills are the, until they prove otherwise, I think they're the team to beat next year. But it's just like chopping down a tree with an axe. You know, you're not going to be able to chop down that tree in the first ring with the axe. It's going to take time. You're going to have to keep hauling away at it. I think the Bills are finally, over the years, have been hauling away at the division. And, you know, they haven't been able to pull off the win over the Patriots in a, in a minute. But I think the thing that scares me about Bill Belichick in, in years to come is Bill Belichick will find ways to win. You know, what do you think fans were saying back when they had to put Tom Brady in there at quarterback? You know, they're probably saying the same thing now. So I would just be careful. He's a great coach. And by no means, like like I said, Bills are the team to beat. I just don't want Bills fans now. You know, Tom Brady's gone. Gronk's gone. All these guys, you know, they lost a couple of linebackers. That is definitely going to help the Bills in the, in the uh, standings at the end of the year. But just don't overlook the, the Patriots because they will find ways to win. Yeah. I mean, I think you guys are both right right there. I mean, I still think Buffalo is the team to beat in this division right now, and I and I still think we have to respect the Patriots, but no reason Buffalo doesn't win the division this I, year. Yeah, I, I definitely I can agree that the Bills win the division, but it's it's not going to be a pretty. I don't think it's going to be pretty at all. Yeah, I think, um, listen, it's it's easy to talk about this stuff now, right? Like, it's it's May. The schedule just came out. The draft just happened. And you're right. When football comes, you know, it's still Bill Belichick. It's still Josh McDaniels. And who knows? They could figure it out. But I think that everything that we saw last year and the Bills going blow for blow uh, with Brady and, and Belichick all the way down to week 16. And, you know, I thought that they played. What's funny about that game, you go back to week 16 last year and the Bills offense actually, I think, did enough to win that game. It was the Bills defense didn't show up, which I would have never predicted that, you know, going into that week. And, and so I think that they probably learned a lot of, about themselves in that game and what they have to do differently, not only from that game, but the Houston game and other moments from last season. I just think this is a, a team that's now matured to the point of, you know, the expectation should be high. And when you got guys like, um, you know, Mel Kuyper predicting a 12-4 and four, uh, team, and I think that somebody else I just saw on Twitter – uh, somebody on the on the NFL show predicted 12 and four. I mean, those expectations expectations should be there. You want them to be there if you're a Bills fan. It means that you're the people that have been put in charge are doing their job. And and so this is the first time that a rebuild has actually reached this point. And it's exciting, man. Like, listen, I I grew up a Bills fan, and obviously covering the team that I tell people all the time, the relationship with the team changes a little bit. Like I'm. I'm not like a traditional fan anymore. I, you can't be when you're in the locker room. It just changes. But, man, I, I love Bill's Mafia. I love Buffalo. I'm so thrilled, you know, that I got to come back here at this time because 
you know, they're, they're on the doorstep of something really special that we haven't seen in the city in over 20 years. So let's hope that it's, they're, they're the real deal, but it, it feels like it, man. It feels like, it. and I think the NFL feels it too. And that's why, you know, you're looking at four primetime games this year. Yeah, yeah you're right. it's just a different vibe too. You just gotta, it's just a, just a feel thing and it just feels different this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the shift in power has got to come at one point in time in the AFC East, and if there is a year, now's the year to do it. Like you said, Tom Brady's gone. Just, like I said, Bill Belichick's a, a mastermind of his own, so I, I do think the Bills won the division next year, like I said. Um, I, I'm looking down the road here, and I you look at the Bills, and they have, one, if not the best, one of the best cultures in the NFL, and that's the thing that I think is going to put Buffalo ahead of the ahead of the division and help them win the, uh, the playoffs when it comes. They have the they changed everybody in the uh, the offense except for two players, the left tackle, Dion, and obviously Josh at quarterback. And they've been it's been quite amazing to see how the offensive line, how it's going to be able to develop. I think that offense is going to be – it's not going to be, you know, Buffalo's defense is going to win them games. They're going to hold teams to seven points. They're going to win 10 to 7, 14 to 7. You know, it's not going to be like that anymore. The offense is going to be there when they need it. So I, I'm looking for a big, uh, big production out of the offense as well as the defense. Yeah, and that just comes down to just having a competent general manager and a competent head coach. But uh, so after week nine, after the Seahawks game, Buffalo flies down to Arizona, and they take on Kyler Murray and that potentially high-powered Arizona Cardinals offense. What do you think that challenge poses for the Bills' defense? Yeah, that's a real tough matchup because you got speed on the outside. you got speed at quarterback. You have some talented playmakers in the backfield. Uh, I... That's a really tough game, under the radar, tough game. And but I also want to see, you know, Kyler was really good as a rookie, and now there's added expectations. And we saw what happened to Baker, you know, another Oklahoma product. And I and, and I don't I, I wouldn't compare Kyler and Baker in terms of their makeup necessarily, but you know, when expectation is a crazy thing. And the cool thing about what's been built around Allen is that, listen, there's there's not many Patrick Mahomes that are going to come in, you know, sit a year and then take over the franchise and be the face of the franchise and, and put the team on your back all the time. Like, those guys are, are, are few and far between. I think the better way to do it is what Buffalo has done with Josh Allen, and that's build around him. Take all the pressure off of him and, and, you know, have a great defense and, you know, start to build around him on offense and, you know, just – have your identity, you know, be away from the quarterback's room. And, you know, he, of course, over time, he's kind of taken more of the identity of the team and become a captain and a leader, and, and it's been a slow process. But right now, even last year, Kyler Murray was the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, when you thought about them, that's who you thought about. And, you know, the way that he plays the game, it's the same thing. I mean, he's, he's that off, their offensive identity and really their team identity. And so we'll see how he handles that. But going on the road, if they're what they're, you know, the potential of what they can be, you're right. That's going to be a really tough matchup. And and one, like I said, really makes that first eight games of the schedule even more important because you look at some of those tough games in the second half and like, you know, Seattle and New England on the road on, at night, Pittsburgh with Big Ben potentially back and playing, you, you figure he'll be, he'll still be good. Um, they're just tough games down the stretch. And Arizona, you probably look through that schedule real quick and say, okay, yeah, Arizona Cardinals, that's a win. But, man, if, they, if that offense does get going, that's a, that's a tough game, and, and that could change things a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this game, mind you, is in Glendale. So, I mean, this is definitely not a one for the win column just yet. I think, I mean, it's still, like you said, it's May. It's definitely going to be uh, under the radar to look at. I think the Bills can go down there and handle business. But, like you said, I mean, so many so many pieces for that Arizona offense. If they could find a way to, to mold together and, and play really well, I that's a team to watch out for. Not just for the to, when the Bills play them, but even if I mean, I'm looking at the Cardinals maybe in a in the NFC playoff run. I mean, you don't know. It's a young team, definitely a young team. You got a couple of veterans on that team like uh, Patrick Peterson and whatnot, Larry Fitzgerald. So it's it's definitely a team that the Bills have de they got to prepare for, and they're going to have to prepare for well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But going back to like the the end of the season here. And you said something about Josh's identity and how he's starting to take more of the identity for the team. And that is totally – you hit it spot on. I think that's exactly how it is. And they, they lighten the load off his shoulders. And I like how they did that. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks, you see how they come in and they're just expected to, to run the whole team. And, and Josh, he really wasn't. You know, he came in, he definitely had one of the worst 
uh, situations coming in. It was not great, but they, they lighten the load. Now you bring the guy like Stefan Diggs, helps him out. So I like how that is, but the, the record at the end of the season will tell you how Josh did. I, I truly believe that. They go 6-10. and 10, That's there, there you go. That's what Josh did. You go 9-7, and seven, you win the division. Yeah, I mean, it just it's all depends on Josh next year on what the Bills and how far they go. I'll say that too loud on uh, on Twitter. You, you you'll you'll hear a lot of the uh, analytics crowd tell you that quarterback or wins aren't quarterback stats. But no, I agree with you. Like the success of this team, I think comes down to Josh Allen in this season. Like he has to be, you know. Everybody asks me like, oh, can he throw for thirty five hundred yards or can he throw for four thousand yards? Like, I think all of that's in play. But what I want to see. You know, after watching every snap that this kid has has taken in his two-year professional career live, in person, I've watched every one of them. What I've always been left wanting to see more of is more consistent playmaking. There's been a lot of high-end playmaking that I don't think he even gets credit for. The problem is there seems to also be lulls in, in games for him. In a lot of games, you saw it in the Houston game where the offense starts to sputter as he starts to uh, things break down for him a little bit. And, and you hope that with the reps, with the continuity, with the coaching staff, I mean, he's going to have Ken Dorsey for the second year. This is going to be third year in Brian Dable's system. He has all the same faces in the room around him. And we'll see what kind of impact Jake Fromm can make. I mean, from everything I've heard, this guy is supposed to be a, a football junkie. And, and that's the type of thing that plays in that room. When guys love talking ball and can kind of share their football experience with Josh, and, you know, it might be different than his, but that might shed light on something, an area of the game. I think we could see a real significant jump. And, and I think Stefan Diggs, yeah, the addition of him is so big in terms of what he can do production-wise, but he's also been in places that have had success – you know, in offenses. And, and Cole Beasley brought that last year. And John Brown brought that this year, last year. And now Stefan Diggs brings it at the most recent highest level that you can bring it as a number one wide receiver. So, and, and, and then you, you look at all the weapons that they have, a, a potentially a better running game. And then you talk about an afterthought like Dawson Knox, who could be a potential breakout star in 2020. All the stars are aligned, but you're right. It comes down to, can Josh make it all work because at the end of the day the quarterback's got to be the maestro yeah i mean oh you going all right no go ahead go ahead all right so those analytics don't don't ever be fooled by those guys let me tell you something to to say that the wins and losses in the quarterback's net isn't a quarterback stat is ridiculous because you got to realize some every every position on the field is definitely important but the quarterback whether it's a run play or a pass play or whatever the play might be Unless it's Wildcat, the quarterback's taking the snap underneath from underneath the center every time, even if it is such as little as a run play. But it, it runs through your quarterback. And being able to read defense, being able to throw it, it's all factors in. So Josh is definitely going to be – he's going to be able to tell you the record next year. I, I definitely – I'm so, like, believable in that. I like the uh, – what you said, how he has to develop consistency. I thought that is one of his, if not the most major problems with him is – He's he's definitely a threat with his running in the in the red zone and stuff. And he had nine, I think, last year, if I'm correct, and 20 passing touchdowns somewhere around mm-hmm. there. But right. I want to see that passing touchdowns go up, even if it if it takes away, it goes from nine to seven or six rushing touchdowns, because that means he's going to be more of a threat and spread that field more. Then you got a better run game with your running backs with that one-two punch with Moss and Singletary. So it's definitely going to be a Josh Allen year next year. Him and uh, that offensive line, I think, a couple new pieces. They're going to have to bond together real quickly, but. Josh, uh, he's got to develop consistency. He'll have those. I mean, you look at the Patriots game when you said where it was the offense, really, not the defense. And you're correct on that. I mean, he had Dawson Knox on that, got called back from a touchdown, got to the one-yard line. But he threw a perfect ball to Dawson, Dawson Knox and then pressure in his face and throws that strike to John Brown. So it's not it's not the uh, can he make the play. We've seen he can make the big play, but can he do it consistently? Yeah, and Brandon Bean has done such a great job in like building talent around this guy and drafting right and being fiscally responsible in free agency while also getting really good talent. There's no reason he doesn't come out this year and he doesn't lead this Bills team to uh, a division title and uh, a home playoff game in Buffalo. I really don't think there's a reason that he doesn't. And you look at his improvement from year one to year two. If we can give that, if we can get that improvement 
from year two to year three, this Bills team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I truly believe that. Yeah, what you just said. I mean, there's no reason the Bills can't win the division next year. There's, there's absolutely with the state. It's different if you know Tom Brady's still in the division and all, all the other you know the Jets and the Dolphins aren't as bad. But the, the division is down this year. It's going to be in my mind because of the schedule that they have to play. I think it's going to be the worst division of football next year. You can win this division, nine and seven. You know, it's 10 and 6. So look out for the Bills to win that division and get that home playoff game. And if they do get a home playoff game in, at New Era, oh, oh, baby, that's going to be a heck of a game. I'm down for it. I'm down to cover that. <laughs> that's going to be a crazy week. So uh, after Cardinals, they have uh, a home game against the Chargers, which who knows, quarterback questions there. Is going to be Tyrod? Are they going to throw in Justin Herbert? That's That's up in the air right now. But uh, another primetime game, Monday Night Football in San Francisco. And oh, that's that San Francisco defense. They're tough. How do you think this Bills offense is going to fare against that tough defense they have in San Francisco? Um, yeah, it's a tough game, man. Um, going to the West Coast. <sighs> Let's see here. I, I think that they'll. I think they match up well. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm still not sold on him. You know, he took the team to the Super Bowl and they came, you know, you know, they came a quarter away from 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 hoisting the Lombardi. But I don't know. I, I still think he's going to have a tough time with this Bills defense. I think that could be a real low scoring affair. Uh, depend. And, you know, I'm also interested to see how the how the 49ers are going to fare replacing uh, DeForest Buckner. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, Bosa, Nick Bosa gets a lot of the headlines there, and rightfully so. And they have D Ford, and they bring back Eric Armstead. But you know, their interior pass rush was really good, and Buckner led the charge. So that's going to be a you know an interesting area of that team to watch. Richard Sherman's going to be a year older. Maybe that secondary is not as good. Um, they they got some skill position players that you know I think that offense is going to be better uh, probably than it was last year. But I still. I'll take Tredavious White and company against Jimmy Garoppolo, even on the road, even on Monday Night Football. And, you know, Monday Night Football, man, like, that's that's huge. That's huge. I mean, I, I know they had the flex game. Um, uh, what was it? The uh, Was it the Patriots that they got flexed up? Or they had a Monday Night yep. game and it was Derek Anderson? Um, yeah. yeah, that was kind of lame. Uh, everybody wanted Josh Allen. Obviously, he was hurt. Like that's this is this is a big time return to Monday night, and if you know if you can win that KC game or at least like go blow for blow and and be in it to the end, and then you know take a pretty good record into that game. I mean, it's just going to be huge, man. I mean, this this there's so much potential with this schedule to just be the coming out party that Bills fans have hungered for for you know almost three decades now. I mean, you really think back and. You know, the playoff team in, in 99, yeah, that, I mean, that was a good team. But, you know, look at the quarterbacks that were that were in play there. I mean, Rob Johnson, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to talk much about that. But, you know, Doug <laughs> Flutie, who had a n- really nice run and, you know, was a fan favorite. But what they have now, the way they built this team, I mean, I almost feel like that 99 team was – was like the remnants of the dynasty. You know what I mean? And, and even though that, you know, they – I mean, the team that beat them – uh, ended up going on to the Super Bowl. Uh, I still don't think that that team, you know, was constructed to be a team that could be a force for years to come. And I think that what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done, they've built this thing now to be sustainable for the next couple of years. And and so this could be like this could be the national coming out party for the Bills. I think last year was a little piece of it. I mean, I, I, that Dallas Cowboys week still to me really stands out as one of the pinnacle moments of this century so far um, for the Bills. But there's so many opportunities, and this Niners game is another one of those. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the loss of Forrest Buckner at the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers, but they had uh, Javon Kinlaw, so that's a that's a spot to watch out for to see how he develops in, in the yeah, next coming guys. season. Look at you guys, though. You guys are putting a lot of pressure on these rookies, <laughs> talking about uh, – Backed in for the draft. I think, he's gonna have to deal with Jerry Hughes. Yep, I, I think. Gates. I think though it's it's rightfully so because this this draft class was one of the deepest in 
most talented and there has been. So I think you're right. There's rookies are rookies, but I mean, you look at Mackay Becton. I mean, there's it's hard for him not to be a, a pretty solid left tackle. Yeah, yeah I get well, I mean, that he's, he's still a project guy. Mackay Becton is definitely not oh, all there technically. Oh, by no means. But I mean, you get you get Javon Kinlaw. What what is that? What week is that? That's in December. That's December seventh. I don't know what week that is. Off I think the top of my 13. head, week thirteen. So Javon Kinlaw in that. I mean, obviously they got. Some decent coaching there at the uh, 49ers defensive line. So I don't know. I I like. I mean, losing DeForest Buckner with like how you said they have a, Eric Armstead and all those other guys. So D Ford. I I like the uh, the pass rush is going to be definitely a major factor in that game. But you look at some. Um, you look at the teams that are consistently in the Super Bowl and whatnot. It's the most complete team. It's not the best passing. It's not the best at one specific thing. It's the most complete football team. And you have to do two things. You have to be the most complete football team, and you have to be able to pass the ball efficiently to be, you know, to make a run for the for the Super Bowl. And I think the Bills, they have that the, the most complete team. They're they're one of the most complete teams in football right now. The question is, can you pass the ball efficiently? And that that. Not only is that your quarterback and your wide receivers, but the protect, the pass protection at the offensive line, and that's where I think it we fail against the 49ers. I think that's going to be a, a incredibly tough game for them because of that pass rush. I get that we have a whole revamped offensive line, but that that defensive line, the front seven for the 49ers, is definitely going to be something to look out for next season. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. You draft a guy like Ken Law; he's supposed to be he was supposed to be one of the best D tackles in that draft class. Yeah. And then they also have – they replaced Joe Staley with uh, Trent Williams at left tackle. We'll see how he fares after taking a year off. And, you know, this 49ers game, it's going to be a tough one. But if Buffalo can have a little bit of momentum going into that game, I think that's a very winnable game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. But there's, I think Buffalo can really come out of the, uh, San Francisco with a dub. I it's, really definitely do. Gonna be, it's definitely going to be defensive-minded in that game. But like I said, these rookies coming in, you, you mentioned – project guys you're, you're right they're definitely project guys but at the end of the day these rookies are coming in and it's it's their first season obviously but uh Javon Kinlaw was like you said the most polished guy or defensive lineman arguably in that draft class so I'm not saying he's going to come in here and he's going to be Aaron Donald good he's not going to be that but he's definitely going to be there to make a difference and Mekhi Becton left tackle one of the hardest positions if not the hardest position to play on the offensive line it's the um it's definitely going to be challenging for him and Jerry Hughes is definitely Definitely uh, qualified to get past him and whatnot. Definitely proven that he's he's a solidified edge rusher. So I don't know the the situation and how that pans out, but Makai Becton is huge. Has the the correct body build. Just look out for these rookies because I'm not talking about Javon Kinlaw, the sixth round pick, to go in there and you know get five sacks on Josh Allen and Makai um, Becton, the, the left tackle out of the seventh. So it's it's just it depends. These guys were first round draft picks and they were they were very polished guys. I mean, I mean, yeah. So uh, after San Fran, another primetime game against the Steelers. I mean, they still have that tough defense, but I'm not sure how Big Ben comes comes back from that elbow injury. He doesn't like to work out too much. What do you think? The only uh, the only question I have about that game is: Are the Bills going to be savages and play Renegade at New Era Field? That's that's all I want to know. Because... That's that's definitely Buffalo esque. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That would be pretty wild if they did that. And just, I mean, I think they could probably, there'd probably be a fight in that game if they did it. Oh, but yeah. It would still be funny. Uh, no, in, in terms of Big Ben, I still expect him to come back and be good. I think the last year or the last game he played, uh, that first game of the year, they got blown out by the Patriots before he got hurt. Or maybe he got hurt in the next week. But yeah, I think he threw for over 300 yards, like 350 yards or something like that. I still think he's going to ha- be able to sling it. I don't know if he's going to be as good. And listen, I know some some Juju Smith-Schuster truthers out there that will just come from my head, but that dude looked really average last year. And to be honest with you, he looked really similar to Zay Jones last year without Antonio Brown. So I'm not sold on that receiving core. I know everybody loves James Washington, and he's this real cute sleeper pick to break out the last couple of years, but – I'm just not seeing it, man. I, I don't and, think the talent level in that receiver room is is anywhere near what it was when they had Antonio Brown because he just elevated everybody else in that room. They added Chase Claypool, too, and by no means am I saying, like, again, he's not going to come and do well. I think you're right. Uh, 
Juju is definitely, I don't think he can take over that, that number one rule just yet, especially with Big Ben coming off this this injury and whatnot. It's definitely, like like you said, how the Bills just went into uh, Pittsburgh and won 17-10, I think it was, final score. And the defense came up with, I think, four turnovers, if I'm correct. So the defense showed up. Steelers' defense is not nothing to be uh, messing around with there. So that's definitely going to be a challenge. But at the end of the day, Big Ben coming off that injury and that wide receiving core is a little shaky. They got uh, – didn't they add a running back in the draft, too? They added uh, – they got Connor and they got um, – help me out here. Who do they got? Uh, Benny, Benny Snell. That was that was last year, I think. They got Benny Snell, and then they – I know they added another running back. So I don't know the situation in the running back room, so to speak, yet. But I don't I don't see the uh, the Steelers being too much of a challenge this year. Yeah, I personally think that, that game's going to be a blowout. They lost Ramon Foster, one of their starting offensive guards, to uh, retirement. And then – so I think a big key to that game is just gonna, just going to be getting pressure on Big Ben and making him make bad decisions. But I think that game is more than winnable. Another another primetime game have the Bills, you know, part of their national coming out party, I guess. And uh, I think that's that's going to be a big win for Buffalo. Yeah, they took they took Anthony McFarland in the draft. So yeah, they did take another one. This they year. did. Yeah. Uh, going to the next week, they got they go into Mile High Stadium, and that defense is very stout. For the Broncos, it's it's definitely fallen off at, from years past, but it's still very stout. And then you look at the running back room for them. They got Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, and Mel, the addition of Melvin Gordon to the offseason. So that's and then you I mean you look at their wide receiver. I'm completely forgetting KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, Corn Sutton, Noah Fan as the pass catching tight end that can block. So it's definitely that's definitely a challenge. That's going to be one. That's one I I think whoever has the better the better rushing day, but by no means is that a uh, is that a blowout? I don't think. I think that's uh, that's got to be like a 21-24 type game, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it's a really tough game, I mean, especially if you figure Bradley Chubb is back to his own yep. self, and you know that he's able to combine with Von Miller once again. I mean, that's a tough game on the road. Uh, that's one I'd probably pencil in as a loss, just because. You know, you got to get up for some of these December games now. I mean, you're coming off games against, you know, the Niners, uh, the Steelers. I mean, those are high octane, uh, you know, games where you got to get up and then you come back and you got to go to Denver and and with, and you still got a, a Monday night game with the Patriots looming. So, yeah, for sure. I, I agree 100 percent. That's that's going to be a really, really tough game. Not to mention, they start off with that Monday Night Football game against the 49ers. They have a stretch that they can go four games that aren't aren't played at the usual one o'clock or four twenty-five Saturday or Sundays. They got 49ers Monday night, and the next week you got uh, Sunday Night Steelers, and then that Broncos game could be flexed to Saturday. I saw, and then you got to go to All Monday right, Night Patriots. Right. So if that that game does get I flexed to Saturday, it's going to be a uh, kind of out of the ordinary, so to speak, for the Bills. I mean, they, you haven't played on Sunday in a couple of weeks, and now you got to go and you're looking forward to Monday night. So it's definitely, definitely going to be a challenge. And I think you're right with the pencil and the loss there. It's, it's the Broncos are stacked now. Yeah, and I, they had a really, really great draft. They get KJ Hamler. He was a speedster out of Penn State. That's gonna, and they, they just did a great job of adding weapons for Drew Locke, just like Brandon Bean did a great job adding weapons for Josh Allen. So I, I think that game is a loss too, because Buffalo just they seem to lose like one game that I feel like they shouldn't lose, but that's going to be the game I feel like they shouldn't lose, but they are going to lose this year just because of the fact of where it is in the schedule this year. So after that, they have Patriots Monday Night Football, the Jared Stidham-led Patriots. So what do you think about that game? We've already kind of hit on the Patriots a little bit, but what do you think about that game in particular? You know, I think they're going to have to make up for, you know, what they weren't able to do last year. And, and who knows if the division is still in play at that point, that could, that's a massive game in week 16 again. And it just goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show. I mean, they have to be the team that's ready to take the mantle in the division and ready to run with the baton, if you will. You know, I think Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski going to Tampa Bay, you know, pretty much opens the door wide. I, I really like what Miami has done this offseason. And as a matter of fact, I think they're the second best team on paper in, in the AFC East. I think they're better than the Jets, and I think they're better than the Patriots. I think they have a good coach. I think they have a guy that could buck the trend and be a guy that comes out of New England as an assistant and has success as a head coach. But they're at the beginning stage of it. There's no way to tell you know, when Tua is going to be ready and how effective he'll be right away 
I mean, is are they going to take a whole season like Patrick Mahomes and let him just sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick? And they can still win a lot of games. That roster, that defense is is legit. They, that, that, that defense was good last year. They now have, you know, an elite quarterback pairing um, in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Uh, they went out and they got themselves some pass rushers and Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. And they're just they're just better. They're just better everywhere. They had themselves a nice draft. They there was almost no way for them to have a bad draft because of how many picks they had. But um, they did a lot of good things. And I think that you know Miami can make some noise. But I still think week sixteen and week seventeen, like if you if like you guys mentioned, if the Patriots are still going to be somewhat patriot like under Bill Belichick, they'll probably be in it till close to the end. Uh, you're gonna have to go there on the road and, and earn it and win it. And I think that. They're in a much better position to do that this year than they were a year ago. Yeah, you look at the first two games, week one and week two, you start off with divisional games, then you finish the season week seventeen or week sixteen, week seventeen with the divisional games. So it's it's you're not gonna be able to really form the or uh, shape the uh, AFC East, I think, until those last two games. But the Dolphins definitely I mean, you look at the the, uh, the history against the Dolphins, the Bills always at least in the past two seasons, the past four games they played. The Bills get up and they get out early, and uh, one of the games they were actually down, I, I believe. So uh, Fitzpatrick was kind of dicing them up there, and then Trey Wake got that interception that kind of changed the momentum. But you look at it, and we get up on the Dolphins, and then all of a sudden they start to chip away and come back. So it's it's definitely the Dolphins. You can't do that this year. They're like you said, they're they're just better. They're better at every position. So it's definitely something to look out for in the Patriots. Key losses, like you said, like I alluded to earlier. I mean, they lost their linebacker, Tom Brady, obviously. They lost Gronk a couple years back. It's it's a young team for the Patriots. It's it's put together by a bunch of uh, I don't know, not the most talented. I think they're the most least talented. They're the least talented ro- roster in the uh, NFL. So you got Adelman there. You got Nikhil Harry at the wide receiver. You don't got a guy thrown to him. You got Jared Sinem. So we'll see how Bill Belichick schemes up that uh, that offense and uh, maybe changes things. Maybe just goes to the same offense he led with Tom Brady. We don't know. But like you said, uh, the Patriots and the Dolphins definitely um, definitely can't just write them off. Yeah, let's just hope that Week 17 game against the uh, Dolphins is kind of like the Week 17 game against the Jets last year where we didn't have to really worry about it, and it's just kind of a game where the backups play. And maybe the starters play for one or two drives because I really think it can get, it can get to a situation like that if the Jets and the Patriots and, the, and, frankly, the Dolphins, too, if they're in contention, they just fall off the rails in the latter half of the season. But, Let me um, ask you this, though. Will you rather have that where the division is set and you're not really playing for much else? Or would you like a situation where you actually do need to play that Week 17 game maybe for AFC positioning? Oh, that, positioning. That's a great question, actually. I, I didn't really think about that. Uh, I don't know. How was it with the new playoff format? Is it the uh, one and two seeds? Are they team, still going to get? No, no, one team gets the bye. Yeah. And then so, you know, from that perspective, you'd be playing for potential home field advantage in round two if you want to be the two. If it's like between being the two and three seed, um, I think there's still going to be some uh, – some. It, it would be worthwhile. And whenever there's something to be won, I can't imagine a situation where Sean McDermott would be okay with just resting guys. So I think if there's an ability for – or a possibility to be the two seed instead of the three seed, you're going to see the starters play in that week. Yeah, game. I think you could yeah, see I something agree. like – Oh, good. No, I said I just totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think you could see something like if there is, say we're three seed and we win and the, the Ravens potentially lose that week, you know, we go up to two seed or the Chiefs lose. You know, it's just who, whoever's up there. But definitely if something's left on the table, I think Sean McDermott goes after and grabs it. So I think you could potentially see something like we get we build up an early lead on the Dolphins in, in the first half. And then you, you start to see second stringers come in throughout the game. And like you take out Josh, obviously. I mean, you have Jake Fromm in there out of the draft. Let him come out there final week of the season. So it's definitely – I think you see some some secondary players come in at the more skilled positions, and the Bills definitely find it. They make sure they win that game, but they do it with the least most uh, – just like bare minimum. They barely skate by the Dolphins. Yeah, that's playing with uh, that's playing with fire right there if you're going to do that. But, you, uh, you, you're taking the, you're also playing with fire if you leave your starters in for the whole game though, and then you, I mean, what happens if Josh Allen gets hurt? You know, and what happens if one of your Stephon Diggs goes down with an injury? So you're def, you're playing with fire both sides of the ball, which are both sides of the the argument here. So whichever way you want to go, I guess is what Sean McDermott's going to do. Yeah, 
Uh, so to wrap things up, Matt, what do you think is a realistic rec- record prediction for the Buffalo Bills right now on May 7th, I think it is? May 8th. Yeah, May 7th. Well, my official first look at the game-by-game predictions will come out Monday with Ryan. Um, but I will say I'm going to put the win total at 11. I think I was on a radio show earlier this week, um, ESPN Rochester, and we were talking about you know where expectations should be. And I think that we're at the point where 11 wins, even with a tough schedule, has to be the starting point. You know, you won 10 games last year, and I know a lot of people said – I saw a tweet this week, I can't remember who it was, that said 10 wins in, oh, it was Marcel Louis Jacques from ESPN. He said 10 wins in 2020 is greater than 10 wins in 2019. And he's right, you know, from a schedule perspective. You're going up against, likely going to be going up against a tougher uh, set of opponents. But those are better than they were last year. They're better everywhere than they were last year. I mean, if you go roster position by position, I think you can make an argument that everywhere you look, the bills are better. I think that they're even at like defensive tackle, you lose Jordan Phillips and everybody's like, you know, him and Han about your know, nine and a half sacks. We go out and bring in Vernon Butler, Quentin Jefferson, AJ Epinesa, who can sneaky slide inside a little bit, get Harrison Phillips back. I still think with all of those darts that you're throwing at the wall, you're going to have a better defensive line than you had last year. So with that said, and I'm also pretty high on Josh Norman. If you haven't heard about that, Go check out my podcast, and you'll hear about that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think eleven wins, eleven wins is where you start, and and so twelve and four, yeah, I think that's in play. I think that you know the division should be the expectation, and I think you know a run at the AFC should be the goal of this team. You know, last year was to win the division. I think that that should go up in twenty twenty because I think the roster is that much better, and there's the kind of continuity that everybody around here has been waiting for him. And we're talking about, we're looking at a contract extension for a general manager and a coach in the city for the first time. And who knows how long. So um, yeah, I'm going to say 11 wins, uh, but that's not my official prediction. You can get that at Syracuse.com Monday. All right. Um, Yeah. The one thing I will say though, is we, the bills definitely got better at a lot of positions and got great depth and, you know, great guys that are going to come challenge for and compete for roster spots. So by no means the bills didn't regress by any, by any means or stay the same from last year. But what I will say is that schedule also got better. So don't be surprised if you, you won't see, I don't think you'll see 10 wins next year. Reality. I think the bills go nine and seven. I think that sets them on top of the AFCs because not mind you, with that being said that the schedule got harder, the bills have to play them, but sort of the dolphins, the jets and the Patriots and the, all three of those teams are not as, you know, they're not as heavily equipped on the, with their weapons and stuff and just better team than the bills. So I think the bills went nine and seven is enough to uh, the win the division. Maybe not by a lot, but they win it. And then, at the nine and seven spot, you have to start questioning: How did they get there? You know, was it just they they gave it through all and they just couldn't go, or did they lose games, injuries, or whatnot? So it's definitely to factor in a lot of those things. But I think nine and seven is where they finish, and they do win the AFCs. Yeah, I think Buffalo goes ten and six this year. And again, there's no reason not to win the division. That roster is the best roster Buffalo's had in a very, very long time. And uh, you know, I think they get the. I think they. I think it'd be the three seed in the playoffs if they win the division. And, uh, you know, I think, I think Buffalo goes 10 and six. And like Marcel said, that 10 and six this year is better than it is last year. But the major factor in all of this is the play of our quarterback, Josh Allen. How is he going to play next year? If he does what he did last year, bills go eight and eight, nine and seven. If he takes that next step, I could see 12 and four. It's a, it's a big, big factor in what the bills record is next year. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree, and Josh, like like you said, even if he does come out and have a little bit better stats, it's better than nothing, mind you. The, the strength of schedule he's playing, it, it all depends on. You know, he doesn't have to have those 300 yard games. The analytics will come after him for those. It's just do what you have to do. Wins and losses are a, team, are a quarterback thing. It's it's definitely contributed to by the whole team, but the quarterback it runs to the quarterback. The middle linebacker on defense and the quarterback on offense. It's just how it is. So those two those are the two most needed positions on the team. And I think Josh, pending what he does in year three, the only thing I will say is let's just throw it out there for, you know, last one not let's just say Josh doesn't do all that great. The Bills go nine and seven. The Bills go eight and eight. Hate to think about it being a Bills fan and I'm always the optimistic guy. Let's just say he does. Then you have to you have to hope 
that uh, Sean McDermott doesn't do the, what he did with Peterman and hold on to him for too long. If the guy is good, you'll know next year. You, you will. You won't know his full potential, but you'll know he has potential, and you know it's, he's going to keep improving. You will know next year. And a lot of that, Sam Darnold. I mean, you got all these d- different guys. You will know next year for Josh, and whether or not they hold on to him, you, you probably would hold on to a guy like Josh Allen, even if he does not do so great next year, because you know you can you don't have to pick up his fifth year, let him play his fourth year out, see if anything changes and whatnot. It all depends on what Josh Allen does next year, and you will know next year if he's our guy. Yo, 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 yo. Let me just say, no. dial back that Josh Allen, Ethan Peterman comparison real quick. Oh, it wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't comparing. I wasn't comparing those guys. I was just saying. You notice how being or not being uh, McDermott, Peterman came out and he was awful. You know, and then he continued to. He started him. He had. He, I guess he had no other choice. But he he held on to him for way too long. Is what I'm yeah, saying. I mean, that's true. But Josh has also proven he can take this team to the playoffs. No, I'm not. I wasn't comparing those two. Those Josh is a clear-cut better quarterback, but uh, McDermott likes to do that and play the play the guy that's been in the position longer. And I I don't necessarily agree with that. I think they hold on to guys too long. Zay Jones, another guy. So you gotta just you gotta know when's the right time to let the guy go, and you gotta know the, when's the right time to let him let the guy come in. And like another guy that I'm gonna mention on defense, like a guy I'm pulling for to really get out and get some snaps is Volshawn Joseph. You gotta know when to you know these rookies gotta get in there and get snaps. And I get the preseason is a lot of it. But you really don't know what you get, you're getting until you hit the regular season. You see him play out there. So, like I said, I'm not comparing by any means. Josh is definitely greater than Peterman. But it, you'll know next year if he's our guy or not. And I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I think that I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. But I, I think, like, the Peterman thing was this, like, really one-off weird situation where they didn't have a quarterback of the future that they believed in. You know what I mean? And I like so if you're referring to um, the start of the 2018 season, I really think there was concern in the building about that Josh wasn't ready to get thrown out there yet, and they had already traded um, AJ McCarron, and so they had no other option. So I don't think it was as much wanting to go with Peterman at that point as it was okay. This is the option that we have. He's been with us now for, you know, since we drafted him. I think their biggest mistake probably was getting or was trading Tyrod and not keeping him to be the bridge quarterback even after they drafted Josh Allen. But I got to go back and look at what they they got a third round pick for him. So, yeah, I mean, that that was a pretty shrewd move. I just think that they should have. And Brandon Bean's been upfront about this. They should have done a better job preparing for the fact that Josh wouldn't be ready week yeah, one. Yeah, you I I totally you hit that on the you hit that on the uh the front there but like I said and the main reason for sitting Josh Allen is to you know he's not ready yet like you said to come in and do it. But the only way to get better at things is what I believe in is you have to do it. And to I get that you know a lot of these quarterbacks get brought in one on other players at skill position. Think think of Singletary last year coming in behind I mean you get to as a rookie come in behind Frank Gore, one of the best running backs in NFL history. So I get that. But also it, you didn't have Frank Gore at your quarter. You had Nathan Peterman to come in and learn behind. So that's where I, I get I, I agree with you. They should have held on to Tyrod a little bit to help Josh Allen learn a little bit, especially because you know Tyrod can run too. You help him with his run game too. So it all it all factors into that. But sitting Josh Allen for those first couple of games that season, I don't think it was the right move because he was learning behind Peterman, and that's that's not gonna that's not gonna help any quarterback in this NFL. Let's let's be quite frankly. I mean, that's that's just how it is. Yeah, well, it's not only that he's learning behind Peterman. I mean, like he's just learning the game, really. Like when we drafted Josh Allen, we knew that this guy wasn't NFL ready. We knew that this guy was a project. He had all these tools, but he just mentally and uh, mechanically, he just wasn't all. He just wasn't all there. So I don't think it was just as much about learning behind Peterman as it was of as of yeah. like learning the NFL game. Yeah, you can look at it. You can you can look at it as learning behind Peterman and sending him, or you can go out there and learning it as you as you play. I mean, either one in that in that situation, the Bills weren't going to win anything. You you had to know that with the rosters that they had, it was just Josh Allen coming in. But you can look at it either way. But I was a big I was a big fan of Tyrod, and I I wanted him like uh, Matt, you alluded to earlier. I wanted I wanted to see them keep Tyrod for at least you know the half of the season, so Josh Allen had someone to come in behind. But he really didn't. So you can look at it as you sit back and just watch the game play. But watching Peterman play. 
that's not football. That's that's Nathan Peterman. That's a different that's a different thing. Now Josh Allen coming in and playing, he can learn he can learn either way. But in retrospect, I would have loved to see Josh Allen come out there and just add two two more games under experience. I get that he probably would have played like Peterman. You you got to understand that. But I just I wanted to see Josh Allen. Uh, he he's definitely had a tough road. Next year will be the uh, the defining factor. That's that's all I was getting through there. Well, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Uh, thank you, Matt, for joining the show. It's much appreciated. Yeah, thank oh, you. Oh, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, make sure you go follow him on Twitter, at Matt Perino, and uh, look at his work at New York Upstate and Syracuse.com. It's KNS Podcast, signing off. <laughs>